0: Exciting new episode of Cracking One Open with Mike.
1: And Elise.
0: So uh, we've got another exciting new beer with a new brewery actually this week, don't we?
1: It's true. This week we are featuring another brew that Mike discovered on one of his adventures related to yet another one of his podcasts. This time while on the road for Forgotten Cinema. I say on the road, but really it's just what you pass on your way to Fields House, but it sounds a lot less epic that way.
0: Mm, true. Yeah. <laughs> I traveled many a mile for this beer.
1: This is true. That's fair.
0: Eh, eh, not really. It's, it's a 25-minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> the way I drive, anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this one is from Voracious Brewing Company, which is located in Monroe, Connecticut. And it opened officially back in 2015. Now, Voracious has a, a pretty interesting origin story that goes back much further than that. The owners, Tess and Mark, have owned and operated a company called Maltose Express, which is also located in Monroe. Um, It's actually adjacent to Voracious. It's the
0: same building, really.
1: Oh, okay. For 24 years. And Maltose Express is a homebrew and winemaking supply store. And as a side note, I am like 100 percent certain that when we got our beer kit back in the day, like what, 2011, like right after college.
0: Yeah, it was only like that.
1: I definitely came across Malto's Express as a potential supply store for us to continue brewing with that kit.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So the beer that you picked up is called 29 Pews. They actually at some point had another beer called 27 Pews, apparently, Okay. Uh, which I couldn't find any information about besides the fact that it existed. But I am <laughs> I am curious as to how it compares to or if it's somehow related to 29. It pews. tasted
0: 20. It tasted two Pews different.
1: Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So fun fact, while they were building the tap room, they purchased 47 pews from a church in New Canaan that was undergoing renovation. But rather than use it for seating, they instead repurposed the hard maple to panel the inside of the tap room and build a bar and long tables to give the inside a warmer appearance. They hmm. were kind of going for like a an English pub feel.
0: They definitely have that when you go in there. It's it's a smaller tap room, mm-hmm. but it is all wood paneling and it is all like pictures up top. Up top and there's mm-hmm. a night of uh, a whole knight's armor getup going on. And the, oh, they do cool. have a lot of long tables. Mm hmm. With some bar stools, but they also have long tables with like to pull out chairs and stuff like that. The actual bar tap itself is all standing room only. Mm-hmm. So it does really give you that pub feel.
1: Nice. Um, so it, it looks like they have an average of about 20 beers on tap with a pretty impressive spread of different styles. Yes. I don't know how many different ones you tried while you were there. Um, a bunch. I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> was going to ask you if you wanted to talk about the tap room, but since you did, I, I know you made a few friends while you were there. Do you want to talk about that?
0: So I made some great friends there. <laughs> so they have uh this taproom Everacious uh has their own brewery dogs. They have two golden retrievers. One's a little bit older, one's a little bit younger. I don't know their ages or their names, but they're very very friendly. Especially the older golden retriever will come right up to you <laughs> and let you pet her or him. And then they'll sit down and they'll just really get into you petting them. Yeah. And,
1: he sent me a picture where he, the retriever was just kind of planted at his feet like, hey, what's oh, up? yeah, <laughs> and
0: just kept like, just lie down as long as I was petting it. It was just like, yes, you are my best I friend. I am here. For I this. am here. This <laughs> is it. And then uh, I had to drink my beer. So I tried to turn around and get my beer in my hand. And, you know, as soon as I stopped, they were they, they were done. Excuse with
1: me, me the, sir.
0: The younger one's a little bit more like, yeah, what are you all about? Oh, you pet me twice. All right. That's cool. I'm walking around again. <laughs> It was a little more like just wanted to walk around more. But uh, it's definitely an inviting, especially if you like dogs. Mm-hmm. It's a great atmosphere.
1: Very cool. I do want to go there with you.
0: And the But the amount of beer they have on tap is like you'd be surprised because it is a smaller brewery. Yeah. Or so it looks. Is it a very large building? But the tap room is is a little small. Mm-hmm. And you don't think that they can brew as many beers as they have on tap because they really have quite a few. Like you look at the listing, it's just like, yeah. wow. And the variety of beers. Is incredible. Yeah, From that's what I was
1: looking at online.
0: IPAs to stouts to ales mm-hmm. to um, just regular pale ales to pilsners to lagers to mm-hmm. just anything you could think of. They're just brewing it and they put it out there and it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, so 29 Pews comes in at 6% ABV. It is a well-balanced, citra-based American IPA that has a citrusy aroma bright flavor, and a pleasant citrus aftertaste. And they specified on their website that it is a citra based with four additional brewery hop favorites, but unfortunately those additional hops were not listed, so I'll talk a little bit about citra instead. Citra hops have taken the craft beer industry by storm because they are so useful as a super citrusy aroma hop. Um, it can... It wait, wait,
0: wait. A hop called citra? Is citrusy? Whoa. <laughs> I would never have Man.
1: guessed. <laughs> It can be used for bittering purposes, but I guess it's very often considered too harsh for that. Kind of harsh as the mellow, you know. And even though Citra wasn't introduced until the, into the brewing world until 2008, it was actually created back in 1990. And at the time, it was simply called 114. Hmm. What's interesting is that during this whole time, uh, there were apparently three big breweries. There were no names listed on the website that I found that had rights to this hop, but all of them ultimately passed on it until 2007 when Widmer Brothers and Sierra Nevada both decided to experiment with it. And then they ended up co-funding acreage to grow the hop. And then it really started to gain popularity.
0: Because no one wanted to experiment with beer because back in the 90s was the time of boring beer. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, wait, we can make interesting beer. Let's try it. What? The dark times.
1: <laughs> As you know, <laughs> being 10-year-old Mikey.
0: <laughs> I imagine it being the dark times. It definitely was the dark times. And that's why you've got all the older people now who are just like, beer is Bud Light. Yeah. It's nothing but Bud. It's like, no, you lived in the dark times of beer when your palates were closed. Yeah. And your mind was closed. And now you must open your mind to a plethora of different beers. You boring asshole. I've already gone on my rant, and I won't go on another rant.
1: But now you're bringing in the beeps again.
0: I have to bring in the beeps. Last episode was boring. There were no beeps.
1: (laughs) Simply because of that. Yes. So I
0: will never apologize for making fun of people who only like Bud Light.
1: No, as well you shouldn't.
0: That's right. Expand your horizons.
1: It's the Pepsi of beer. Pepsi. (laughs) Sorry. I struck a nerve. Mm. So Citra is a cross with complex lineage, including Tetnanger, Hallertau, which is one of the noble hops we keep coming across, Brewers Gold, and East Kent Goldings. And it has, as I mentioned, a very strong citrusy profile, and this is due to its high myrcene content. Myrcene oils make up about 50% of the total oils when hops are harvested, and Citra hops have slightly higher levels, around 65%. But there are hop varieties like Amarillo that go as high as 70%. So scene is an, basically an aromatic hydrocarbon and has that typical green hop aroma. It's described as herbaceous, resinous, balsamic, fresh, and slightly metallic. So that's where those attributes
0: come from. Balsamic?
1: Maybe the wood, like balsam wood. I don't know. Balsam? Yeah, that one. Mm. That is the way it's spelled. I just said balsamic out of pure habit. Okay. <laughs> So citra hops give a, a hint of grapefruit or lime mainly. I also saw mango, lychee, and gooseberry. But I feel like those are hard to argue because who knows what a gooseberry tastes like.
0: Your mother days gooseberries. That's elderberries. Elderberries.
1: <laughs> it's also one of those hops that is once again not available to the home brewer, but can be substituted fairly well with Simcoe or Mosaic.
0: Oh, I'm very surprised because citra hop seems like in... Brewery beers are so many things. Yeah. Yeah. That's very surprising. Yep.
1: And it's ideal for use in American ales and um, India pale ales, like the one that we're about to have. So, what do you say? You want to crack it open?
0: This is the Crack One Open podcast, right? Affirmative. Okay. Then, yes, I would love to crack one
1: open. (laughs) Let's do it up. Ready?
0: Yeah. My turn.
1: You seemed a little bit more satisfying. A little bit. I like this goldish orange color.
0: Mm, You'll love the smells I'm pouring it out. I'll tell you that. Good head. Ooh. Now, full disclosure. Obviously, I was at the brewery. I have had 29 peas before. Party Um, pooper. This is not the first. The last time I was there that Elise is describing was not the first time I was at Voracious. I had been to Voracious a few weeks prior to that. And before that, we have had 29 pews, both her and I, although I don't think she remembers it a few years ago nope. or a year or two <laughs> ago um, at a restaurant because they do serve um, in Connecticut where we are. They do serve voracious at certain restaurants. We yes. have had it before. Okay. Um,
1: if you say so. I remember
0: I liked it. <laughs> I but the last time I had it a few a uh, month or two ago. I didn't remember having it. I remember having it, but I didn't mm-hmm. remember what it tasted like. And I had it again. And I was like, oh, this is good. So when I went to voracious last time I went there knowing that I would probably buy 29 pews in can to, to do an episode on. Okay. Because it's one of their standards. And it's all
1: part of the plan. It's good.
0: Exactly. Oh. So uh, looks wise, it's it's a hazy boy. Yeah, I'd say so. But it's got a nice head, a nice kind of thick, very like latte-ish head. Yeah, it's very foamy. Very foamy, very like thick foam. Lacy. And it just smells that hoppy. It smells like citrusy. It smells yeah. super citrusy and piney. Mm-hmm right off the get-go which i think is that's kind of them
1: citra hops yeah
0: that's like a that's a staple of citra hops and ever something has citra hops yeah that's pretty much the only smells you really get are that that basic piney citrusy grapefruity smell that is very much a citrus citra hop would staple agree. and now we clink it and we drink it <laughs>
1: Ooh.
0: it is super grapefruity very it is like you're drinking it's- a fruit
1: uh, almost woodsy on the back end too.
0: Yes, the pine is strong. Yeah, that's what I like about this. But it's, it's a it's different very... kind of
1: pine than what I normally associate with IPAs.
0: I feel like it's a stronger pine than what you usually. Oh, uh, okay, I yeah, think that's maybe. what you mean. Mm-hmm. But I get what you mean. It's definitely this twenty nine pew's and one of the things I like about twenty nine p's is it really takes almost like they took the things we like the most about uh, IPAs with Citra hops and mm-hmm. they really
1: multiplied enhanced it. it. Yeah,
0: but not like. It doesn't have anything extra to it, but I don't think it needs to. And that's not an insult to this because I do like it. I went to the brewery specifically to buy this for the episode Mm -hmm. because I like 29 Pew so much, but it's citra hops right off the bat and you get that grapefruit punch in a great way. And it's what I like about IPAs that are big on grapefruit, which is another thing that the Sculpin IPA uh, from Ballast Ballast Point does as well, which I think we should do at one point in an episode because I think we both really like that.
1: Yeah, I love it
0: is that grapefruit is toned down by the beer. I don't, like, the best way to describe it is it's almost like a milky grapefruit. Ah, but don't sounds, say it like that. It sounds gross, but it's the best description of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that, though?
1: Not really, to be completely honest. All right, so
0: take a sip while I'm taking a sip. To explore, take this journey with me real quick. <laughs> so you get that grapefruit, right? Yeah. But if you had straight up grapefruit juice... Mm-hmm. That would be burning your throat right away. That would yeah. be giving me acid reflux like immediately. Oh, yeah. And it would it would be grapefruity, but it would also pucker your lips and not allow you to really taste much after that. And you'd be like, this is so mellowed out as if like you put cream in your coffee. That's kind of what I mean.
1: OK, that's
0: like not milky gross. grapefruit, but it's almost like <laughs> it's it's like the beard is putting the cream in the coffee. OK. Like, that's what, that's what the grapefruit is, is mellowed out like that. So that's a better, maybe that's a better analogy. It's the same analogy, yeah. but it grosses you out a little less. A little slightly. And that pine back end is just so strong.
1: It is it's very like strong. Everything
0: about the a Citra IPA is just heightened in this beer mm-hmm. with no additives. You don't get like that. Oh, we put this special flavor in there. Yeah. Oh, we put that. It's just, this You're is a grapefruit. you
1: dress it up. Yeah. It's just a. Bam. Yeah. This
0: is the pine. Bam, bam. And it's just a really strong version of those flavors, but it's not boring. It's not overdone. Mm-hmm. It's not underdone. It's not like the beer doesn't taste like alcohol. So it's not like no. hey, we've just started brewing beer that uses citrus hops, but we don't really know how to brew beer. Yeah. Which we've had at some different breweries before. This is true. Or even and even established breweries where it's like, hey, let's try this out. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm, no, nah, this batch didn't really make it. Yeah. Twenty-nine Pews is so basic in their approach to a citra ipa but in such it's a great a IPA. way yeah it's yes it, it, it's a solid ipa it's like if you wanted to have one of your first citra type ipas mm-hmm. and you want to know what a citra based ipa tastes like this is the best way to experience it oh because f- yeah absolutely. it is the grapefruit on the front end the pine on the back end you get both versions both flavors that you don't really get mm-hmm. but in a very very heightened way they're not toned down so if you don't like this
1: Maybe Citrate for you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like this is so good. And it's so drinkable. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from hazy. And it's it's a hazy boy IPA. It's not like a hazy IPA, but it is hazy. Not extremely,
1: but yeah, it's definitely not like clear. But it's also not sedimenty either.
0: No, it is not. It's a clean beer. Not that there's a problem with sedimenty beer. But it doesn't it's not heavy either. That's that's what I was trying. Like with the haze, it's like it's not it doesn't weigh me down. I could drink a bajillion of these like in a, a hot summer day. I could drink yeah, these in the summer.
1: This could be dangerous during the summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I could also drink this in the winter.
1: Yeah, this that's the is thing. definitely this is not, this like, is not seasonal. Yeah,
0: this is a, an all year round type beer, which is why I think this is one of their staple beers. Yeah. That and its drinkability. I mean, it's, it's crushable, y'all. It's just really good. I really enjoy the grapefruit up front. And really, it's that's stuff. it. It's the, that's the note. Like a lot of beers, I'm like, I have this note and I have this note. Oh, I got that note. This is just that perfect amount of toned grapefruit. With this clear cut, all right, it's done with the grapefruit yeah. onto the pine.
1: The carbonation is nice too. It's not too much, but it's not so little that you think it's flat either.
0: Yeah. For such something that has such a head, you would think the carbonation would be a little bit more, but-
1: Like overwhelming, yeah.
0: But I feel like with a hazy IPA, you don't want crazy amounts of carbonation no, either. No, no. Because then you'd be all like messed up. <laughs> but we've also had, I think, hazy IPAs or hazy beers in general where- the carbonation is so low that it's kind of like off-putting. Off-putting, yeah, and maybe makes the beer seem heavier. Maybe it's that carbonation that's in the maybe. such a hazy beer that makes it seem lighter. Yeah, and the carbonation might make it more drinkable. This that's an interesting. Point. That's something I'm going to be looking for now. Yeah, is does the carbonation? Is the carbonation something that makes some? Is it more related drinkable? to the drinkability? Yeah, like fizzy lifting drink. Yeah, I just threw a Willy Wonka reference in there. <laughs> So the can is uh, fairly simple. Yeah.
1: It's pretty a cut, lot of the voracious ones
0: are. Yeah. The label is on the typical silver can. It's your typical brewery label, although it's fairly well glued. You can't see any glue marks or anything like that. And it's very shiny, which is nice.
1: It is. It's very visually appealing.
0: It's blue and white. Clean. There's a blue band across the top. which is Voracious Brewing Company. And uh, I guess it's got a saying. Their saying is the truth is in the beer.
1: Which, according to their website, was suggested by their son, I believe.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's got a brood in Connecticut label on the side. It also says it's the flagship IPA for Voracious Brewery. Takes its name from the 29 church pews, which were repurposed to decorate the walls of the tap room.
1: There you go. The website said 47, though. So what what happened to those other?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought you said the website also says they use some for tables. Yeah, so 29 on yeah, the walls for the 47 total, I guess. That's fair. And Obviously, the label itself says 29 pews India pale ale on the front, but it's just like written in regular font with it's very basic. It's just white. That font is very basic. It's like Arial font or Times New Roman.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely Times New Roman.
0: <laughs> and it's, the uh, it's got
1: a serif on it.
0: There's some cathedral windows kind of coming up. Until it gets to that logo and that looks like they cut a little bit of white square out. So you just get this hint of cathedral logos on this plain white beer can. So the beer can is very minimalist, which is very interesting nowadays because a lot of people try to pop with so many colors and elaborate illustrations. This is mm-hmm. just like 29 pews, India pale ale. Here's some here's some uh, cathedral waltz. I don't know if that's because they mostly just can and sell in their own brewery and they don't really sell cans outside of it. They mostly just distribute to restaurants, their kegs and stuff. Yeah.
1: That's what it seems like.
0: Or if it's because they think that this minimalist style is different and is something that's going to sell. Because honestly, you don't get a lot of very minimalist art on your products nowadays. No, you don't. Everything is very like boom, boom, boom. So to have be the one brewery right now that's kind of very minimalist really makes it stand out. And so does that blue and the white. Yeah. Really is like you really look at that like, wow, that's different. Like we have a fridge full of beer right now. (laughs) <laughs> so that we could get through the end times, yep, and uh stocked up, yeah, <laughs> the voracious when I just opened the fridge to grab these before the episode are like, "Hey you guys <laughs> right there, ready to go, uh other than that, it doesn't really have any other sayings, which is fine, because the beer speaks for itself. this is good, y'all, then if you see it in a restaurant or a tap room right now, yeah, if I would you see definitely it on the draft
1: it. list, grab it.
0: I know they have cans available in their brewery, but they told me they don't can all the time. When I went in there, they only had a few cans left, but they would be starting to can again in a week or two, they said. So I guess they have a minimal canning uh, ability. Mm -hmm. My guess is because they sell most of their logs or kegs to restaurants. And so that's what they have over. But I will say before we stop talking about the beer, when I went there, something that was cool was I guess they had brewed something that was extra strong. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, like I told you about this story. Yep. So they had extra mash left over that still had alcohol content. And so they gave some of that to all their employees, a little bit to each one, enough to make like a log. Mm-hmm. And they said, make your own beer and we'll we'll put it in the tap room. So I had, when I went there, the bartender's beer was on, on tap and it was raspberry and habanero. And he had help from uh, one of the other beer makers to make it. And he named it Jeff Tastic. <laughs> and Jeff Tastic was fantastic. It was this raspberry beer with this hint of hop and arrow. It never burned your tongue, but it nope. tingled the back of your your throat.
1: Yeah, it was it was warming almost. It, but was. it was so raspberry. It was definitely one of the most interesting and still very drinkable beers that I've had.
0: And she knows this because I had a taster when he talked to me about it. I got a taster from it while we were having a discussion about it. Then I had a small glass Mm -hmm. and then I was like, you know, this is too good. Give me a a mini growler, a growlito.
1: (laughs) Growlito.
0: (laughs) Because I don't want to miss out on it. And then I took it home and at least tried some. And it was good, y'all. The best way I can describe it is it tasted like soap (laughs) at the beginning, but in a good way. Again, I'm not making very good comparisons. No, you're
1: not. But it tasted...
0: (laughs) so fresh and so clean and the fruit was just like it wasn't fruity like you would have in like a fruit-based sour or no fruit forward ipa that's true. it was this weird bitter tangy sour like spicy fruit mm-hmm. that affected your mouth in a completely different way than you're used to but in such a good way and i saw four or five other people come into that brewery that day while i was there
1: mm-hmm.
0: recommend like try the Tastic. From 20 20 something year olds to like 50, 60 year olds coming in of all ages. And, you know, not to disparage the people that are a little older in age who are drinking beer, but not a ton of them are very experimental. Yeah. And this is definitely a very out there beer. I think you can agree. And they all. Everybody loved it. No one had it that didn't like that's it. That's awesome. I wonder if they'll bring get a it glass back. or recommend it just
1: because of its popularity. Well, I think
0: maybe that's probably what they were going for. Whoever's yeah. you know does the yes. best, or if all of them do well, maybe we'll you know do stuff with that. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, I really like. I've had a couple of spicy beers before, and they do. I like them. Yeah, they're good. They really work well with the beer. Drink it. It's good. So Jeff. Good idea. I just wanted to give a shout out to you on that Jiftastic. It's probably not, it's almost certainly not available anymore in that tap room. Yeah. But if it ever comes back, the Raspberry Habanero, it's called driftastic. You should try it. Along with 29 Pews, which is there all the time and is really, really, really good. And it's a good starter beer on like the quality of their beers. All their other beers are high quality.
1: Very nice.
0: So uh, while we continue to drink the beers, <laughs> uh, our pop culture segment is brought to you by Insert sponsor here.
1: Yeah, yeah, you made that joke last week.
0: And you made that joke the week before. (laughs) We will continue to make this joke until you insert sponsor here. (laughs) (laughs) So what you got for us?
1: Well, I know we don't usually talk about music, but uh, a while back in the earlier episodes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we talked about the movie Guava Island on Amazon Prime. And I think I at that point, I probably mentioned how much I love Childish Gambino.
0: No, oh, those were one of the summer episodes. Yeah. Back when it was warm.
1: Warm. I mean, I say love. I'm probably more of a casual fan, but I know I also drive you nuts when I get on a, a kick with his music as well.
0: <laughs> Only because it's summery music and when you play it in the wintertime, it's just kinda like depressing. Yeah, that's not that's not the time, man. No.
1: <laughs> anyway, Donald Glover dropped a surprise album yesterday, March fifteenth, out of nowhere. This comes well after his announcement after he that he was retiring his alter ego, Childish Gambino. So he did straight true to his word. The album is not attributed to Childish Gambino, and it's only available for streaming on Donald Glover Honestly, I, I couldn't get the link to work yesterday uh, to stream it. But thankfully, someone had already uploaded it to SoundCloud. So it is out there, just not on Spotify as of yet.
0: How does he make any money on that?
1: Does he need to make money on that right now? I mean, I'm sure he'll release it.
0: Yeah. Did he do it because of the coronavirus or did he do it just because of that's it what people were
1: speculating, yeah. I mean Let's say it.
0: Like that's what I don't get. Like, even on Spotify, you don't make a lot of money on Spotify for your song listings. Yeah. That's why I like giving it out for free.
1: <laughs> so I haven't listened to the entire thing yet because I, I don't think um all of it was on SoundCloud. But what I have heard of it is really really good really interesting and a little bit out there some of it's strange definitely experimental i feel like it's it's a little less like awakened my love which you like a bunch of songs from and a little bit more like his earlier stuff The kind of a, a middle ground between the two um, and he does have a few collaborations on there as well with SZA, uh, 21 Savage and Ariana Grande. So that's, that's also kind of a switch up from Childish Gambino. Cause I don't recall him featuring that many other artists
0: um, that I know. Of, yeah. But.
1: On, on the album before that, but I am very excited to hear the new music from him. So go check it out. Hopefully that link is working again. And if not, may I suggest heading over to Twitter for some other, uh, links that might be available.
0: We here at Crack One Open don't necessarily agree with our co-hosts' comments of stealing or otherwise pirating the music.
1: If the website itself is down and it was available streaming for free, I would absolutely say go there first.
0: <laughs> You're a pirate now yo-ho. yo-ho yeah, yeah. Alright, what, what you, you got, newsboy? Is
1: that all I am to you?
0: Then fine. Here you hear you read all about it. Original Mulan director reveals his role in Space Jam too. What? So the director of the original Mulan film, Tony Bancroft.
1: Like the cartoon.
0: Yes, the original okay. Mulan film.
1: Okay, well it's the
0: other one didn't find. come out, so yes, it's the original. The 1998 animated Mulan film mm-hmm. with Mushu, the Mushu. dragon, who is not in the live action film. Oh, is uh, he's got a whole bunch of other animation credits as well. He is going to be he is working on Space Jam 2 as an animator. So because he's working from home due to obvious circumstances that mm-hmm. are surrounding the the world at this time, mm-hmm. he has uh, he was working on the Warner Brothers a lot. Now he's working from home doing animation on Space Jam 2. So he's a, he's uh, admitted to that. I believe they have finished filming now. Nice. So for right now, he is just animating it. They're working on all the animations and stuff like that. It's being produced by Black Panther and Creed director Ryan Coogler, directed by Justin Lin, Fast and Furious fame, among a lot of other things. No matter what you think of Fast and Furious, Justin Lin is a really good director. And honestly, he's the reason Fast and Furious has had as many sequels as it has. Nine iterations, yeah. Like, he's he's good. He knows how to make a franchise. And obviously, Ryan Coogler is amazing. Although he's working as a producer, so I don't know exactly how involved he is. And LeBron James is going to be your Michael Jordan from now on. So... Obviously, it will still have the Looney Tunes character. Apparently, it's all going to have a lot of other Warner Brothers characters as well. Mm-hmm. There are rumors from like Pennywise and Scooby Doo gang, and oh boy, just all these like Joker, all these different weird monsters and stuff like that, and <laughs> characters they're going to pull from their Warner Brothers history. And nobody really knows the plot. Uh, it's due out on July sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Okay, and having I think such, at this
1: point it's real, the realistic time frame,
0: right? And having such a prestigious animator on it means like good things, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's finished filming and it's still not coming out for over a year. So my guess is they really want to get it right. And I know it's been in the works for a long, 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 long time. So I'm hoping it's good. The original Space Jam is obviously a classic. Yeah. That everyone who's in their early 30s, at least. Remembers. Remembers and should love. I'm surprised I've never bought a special edition Blu-ray for that movie.
1: Me too. Now that you mention it.
0: If there even is one, but yeah, Space Jam Two coming soon. Really excited about it. Hopefully Burger King does another.
1: Welcome to the Jam. The Jam?
0: Where was it? McDonald's. Somebody did a promotion for it. I didn't get all the characters. It was always really sad. So hopefully this time I can correct that. I think I got bugs. You get that,
1: you get that Happy Meal toy you always wanted.
0: They were full on dolls, yo. You had to pay what? for them. They it was like a really crazy promotion. My dad got me two characters. I got bugs. And my brother got, I feel like my brother got Daffy. No, or no, we got Bugs, Lola, and Daffy, or just Bugs and Lola. And we couldn't get the rest of them. And so, like, there were still more we could have gotten. And then they Mm -hmm. went on to the Monstars or something. There there were a lot of, there's a lot going on with that promotion.
1: Interesting. I I honestly don't remember that.
0: (sighs) You obviously weren't as big a Space Jam 2 fan (laughs) as me. Space Jam is awesome.
1: It is awesome. I just don't remember the McDonald's promotion for it. I wasn't, I was just looking at you to
0: see what you're like, what your next sentence would be. <laughs> I mean, I am silently judging you. I can tell. Cause like that McDonald's promotion was life. I feel like you weren't into McDonald's Happy Meal toys as I was.
1: Considering at the time the only thing I ate from McDonald's was fries. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Happy Meal fan.
0: <sighs> I have like all the Happy Meal toys. I have so many. (laughs) Anyway, the other news I've got is that apparently the new Mortal Kombat film will be, and this doesn't make a lot of sense and probably isn't quite the truth. uh, It's aiming for a grounded realism alongside crazy fatalities. Uh, What? That's right. So, Apparently, the new Mortal Kombat film, according to, and I'm going to say this name wrong, McCod Brooks, I believe is his name. He plays Jimmy Olsen on a Supergirl. He's also going to play Jax in the new Mortal Kombat movie, who's just on a podcaster's another podcast by Duncan Trussell, and he has explained that the new Mortal Kombat movie is grounded in reality. It's like dark and grounded and real and based in physics is apparently nice. what he has said he's he basically I mean I
1: guess that's cool but isn't that also going to make it hard to play
0: what he has said is when I approached Jax I was like okay well he's an assassin he's a killer and he kills monsters so he has to be a monster and I was stuck with this Ernest Hemingway quote and I'm sure I'm gonna fuck it up that's right you got another bleep there (sighs) but it goes along the lines of once you've hunted and killed trained men long enough you have very little taste for anything else in the world and that's who Jax is and I found this grounded realize realism in him who he was before he was hunting monsters or who was he before he was hunting monsters is quote. So that's all interesting and stuff. And no one really knows like, uh, apparently the news is like, Oh, well that's, it's around like that's him saying his character's grounded in realism because he was able to find the truth of his character, mm-hmm. which as an actor, everyone needs to do no matter how ridiculous his character is or her characters are. Mm-hmm. So yes, he's, Say it's grounded realism and that he understands that Jax is a soldier who fights other people and kills other people. And now he's killing monsters. And before he was killing bad people. Doesn't necessarily mean ra- grounded realism because then he yeah. also goes on to say that the other characters who have iconic special moves will have their special moves. So you, how grounded realism is a guy throwing ice at somebody and freezing them <laughs> or a reptile man spitting acid or a scorpion well, man fact, or a man I brought back spit to the dead? Oh, I know. <laughs> That's why I try to stay on your good side. There you go. <laughs> Or a reptile man, or yeah, or a guy brought back from the dead from hell itself with a skeleton head, breathing fire and throwing a chain from the inside of his hand. <gasps> so realism is kind of a, a fluid thing in Mortal Kombat, I guess. <laughs> eh, yeah. But as long as they find the truth in their characters, I guess that's what's important. And he did say there are going to be some awesome, awesome fatalities that are going to be from the game. The game's, you know, 20 something year old history. And oh, yeah. I'm very excited for the is film. It just
1: No, it's got to be more than that.
0: 20-something at least. I'm not saying 30 because I don't think it's th- It's definitely not 30. I'm saying 20-something, sure? but it's the higher end of the 20s. Okay. I'm really excited for the Mortal Kombat film. I think it's going to be great. It's got some amazing talent behind it. Mm-hmm. The one thing that worries me is they haven't revealed anything yet really about it. That's Obviously, fair. we know a couple of characters like who plays who for some of the mains, but we don't know what story it's taking from. We haven't really seen any official photos of mm-hmm. the picture we've seen like certain locations we've seen the director post stuff on twitter that obviously the some of the actors have talked about certain things but we haven't actually seen the movie
1: okay yeah but that that would put me a, a, at a
0: little unease i'm cautiously optimistic i think that Warner Brothers is in its own position. Obviously, Warner Brothers Games owns NetherRealm Studio that makes Mortal Kombat games. They have very good stories. And because NetherRealm Studios is tied to Warner Brothers, they have more of a I think they can they have the possibility of having a more collaborative relationship because they are within the same parent company.
1: So really, you're banking more on their. Their history, their good history.
0: Their good history. The their fact reputation. that even Warner Brothers games have been putting out some really solid, solid games lately. Like, mm-hmm. even based on franchises like the Shadow of um, Mordor, Lord of the Rings types games, the Batman games, the up and coming possible rumored Harry Potter game looks really cool, and no. the, the leaked footage. So, I, and the Mortal Kombat games and Injustice games, the last four or five of them have been just fantastic. And I can't see them messing up this movie to mess up that streak they've already have of building Mortal Kombat back from the brink. Yeah. Because I think before.
1: That's also a strong argument. Yeah. Before
0: (laughs) the game that was called Mortal Kombat on Xbox 360, which I'm pretty sure was actually Mortal Kombat 9, technically. Mm -hmm. They were kind of going through a rough patch where their games were kind of like, no one really cared about them. Not no one really cared about them, but they were kind of like meh. And then Mortal Kombat versus DC came out, which was kind of a cool concept. But then Mortal Kombat came out, which was Mortal Kombat 9. And that really kind of was like, oh, man, Mortal Kombat is awesome again. Nice. And like it was it's always like in somebody's mind. But like that game made it really cool. And from the last six or seven years on since that game has come out, it's just been nonstop. Fantastic work from that Netherrealm studio and Warner Brothers games. So looking forward to that movie. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's all I got.
1: All right. So I guess we we should wrap it up so we can finish drinking some more 29 pews then.
0: I don't mind if I do.
1: (laughs) So thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe. He is just.
0: Mm. I'm just smelling that Smelling his
1: glass. Yeah. (laughs) Smells so good. Anyway.
0: Smells like flowers, like grapefruit flowers. It smells so good. So many beers don't smell like amazing.
1: That's true. That's fair. Uh, So please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Crackin' One Open, or shoot us an email if you have any questions, suggestions, crackin' One open at gmail.com. You got any plugs?
0: If you enjoy the sound of my voice, you can find me on two other podcasts. I'm on Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we look at a movie that for some reason was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or an audience simply didn't catch on to it in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we always discuss you revisit it. During the episode, we discuss fun facts about the production. We discuss obviously why it was forgotten and and reasons why. And we go over our viewing notes. It's a great time. We both have a lot of experience in the in, you know, film and storytelling. So we know what we're talking about. And obviously we have a great banter that's available on wherever podcasts can be found and also on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com as well. We're also on the social medias at ForgottenCinemaPod. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two guys who play way too many video games I do with my buddy Dave Cannon. Within these episodes, we talk about all things video game related from PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PC, or VR. We've got it all, and we talk about it all. The format has changed a little bit from an old magazine format to now. It's more of a deep dive on a particular topic or two topics. So we try to make it uh, very centralized, and we do a deep dive on... What a video games about? How it came about the production of the video game and up to and through its inception. So if you guys like to talk about video games, that's also two player bros available. You can check out every episode on two player There are links to link all the episodes and also all the social medias as well. We are available wherever podcasts can be found, wherever social media you are probably using at this moment.
1: Very nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Rankert. Till next time. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Weak. There we go.